Fred and Frit, Fred and Frit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast, our first one in a while. Should we go through our list of excuses here? <laughs> Just life. Real quick. Right. Life. <laughs> well, we have, yes, life. Uh, Brit's, Brit's house was uh, destroyed and put back together. You make it seem like a, I'm fucking Judy Garland or something. Wait, wait. About every two weeks now on the news, you see the story of a house exploding somewhere, <laughs> don't you? No. I had a leak in my roof. It caused some water damage. And now everything has been, you know, all of that's been rectified. I, I was not decimated. All of my possessions were not gone, anything like that. Let's not overstate it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you have a good sense of humor about it. I didn't lose anything. I mean, I, I got a settlement from the insurance company and the people did the work and then, you know, that's oh, where we are. Oh, other people's money. Oh, okay. That's what this is all. I don't know. I seem to recall paying like in home and home in mortgage, home insurance premiums for like 17 years or something. So I feel like it's sort of my money kind of. All right. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in a good, uh, good spot with my, with my illness good. right now. Um, for those of you who uh, care, my, my numbers are on the, uh, the upswing here. And, uh, I haven't had to have any blood transfusions for over a month and I don't expect to have any for the next month. Everything is headed uh, correctly. So I feel. I feel good, and I think we're uh, a couple of weeks away from finding out which person around the world gets the privilege of donating to me for mm -hmm. a uh, stem cell transplant to okay. help me get over my uh, myelofibrosis. We don't know who that person is. We don't know where they are. But... but uh, they're out there. At last check, there were 700 people around the world who matched me. It's hard to believe that 700 people have a genetic makeup remotely similar to mine. That's that's frightening. That's that's like boys from Brazil kind of stuff. There's little me's all over the world. I would I would like to see. I'd like to have a convention of all of you in one place. That would be very interesting. Oh, like the twins convention in Twinsburg, <laughs> Ohio. Or the always hilarious bald convention in Moorhead City, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when we found out that there are all these uh, folks who are a match to me and, you know, they're, they're going through some of the top candidates, my wife says, she says this in front of me. She says, well, could you pick someone out that has hair? It's, I think it's too late because she thinks yeah no that that when I you know get a new immune system and all that that the, yeah. the hair will grow back if it's that person and she's a medical doctor she has an MD. I was I was offended yeah I, I was offended <laughs> I said why don't you go to Florida and become the head of psychiatry for for Ron DeSantis you quack you did get you get you got somewhat lucky in in your lifetime because being bald became fashionable like in the nineties and now because the the rappers and the base and the basketball players it became somewhat fashionable over time. Yes, they finally got around to it. You know my old <laughs> line: 
I said, if, if there needed to be a cure for baldness, where are the telethons? They're nowhere. You know, back in the 70s, it was just so unusual to have a celebrity that was just like, go ahead and embrace his baldness. That's why Telly Savalas was such a big deal. He was, oh, that's a unique yeah. guy. Yeah, right. He was an outlier. He was. He, he embraced it. Um, okay, so that's that's the reason that we've been in and out. You know, I've had to fulfill some appointments. You've had to get your house fixed. Yeah. And barring anything completely off the charts, we should be good this week for four, four, four Brad and Britcast, just like in the, the old days on the schedule. So here's here's the the quick list. Ready? Ready. The storied history of the Greensboro Coliseum oh. to be forever sullied. Uh-oh. Number two. I hope you're happy, Wake Forest. Oh, boy. <laughs> or Trump strong, Trump weak. Well, let's start local and stay local. Uh, the Greensboro Coliseum and its storied history, the showplace of the South, Brad, as they call it. Former President Donald Trump will hold a rally Saturday at the Greensboro Coliseum Complex. That's uh, five days from this day as we speak, five days from now. According to the campaign website, the purpose of the rally is to encourage people to get out and vote in the North Carolina Republican primaries on March 5th and to say lots of dissembled, stupid, moronic things that you've never heard him say before. He's got a 53-point lead in the North Carolina presidential primary at this moment over Nikki Haley. And of course you'll have uh, all the local people who will show up to get a shout out. And that's when Trump reads off names. He's never seen before. Bo Hines. Bo, where's Mis- Bo Hines? Show me where that guy is. pronounces them. Right. <laughs> and that's supposed to start at two o'clock, but the doors are already open because the crowds are good. No, they, they're, they're opening at uh, 11 a.m. All right, so let's play this game okay. right now. Yeah. It's a 20,000-plus seat arena. It's a so big, it, so it a is big the, room. It is the big room. It's not the Special Event Center or Piedmont Hall, the small. It's the big, big, big place. Well, hang on a second. Oh. That's that's interesting. It doesn't specify. it says he'll hold a rally at the Greensboro Coliseum Complex. There you go. So, there is that go, the Daddy. is that the so for folks that don't know yeah you know the Greensboro Coliseum where you see the basketball games played and that is a that's is that what twenty two thousand I and mean, it's a big big twenty twenty one yeah that we're we're going to be going to a wrestling pay per view on s- Sunday and I think they sold about eighteen so yeah it's okay. a, it's it's a big room it's as big as you know your your local arena wherever right um but then there's a special events center which they usually have like chamber of commerce stuff and like the boat, like a boat show or like when they right. have the j- jacuzzi guys come to town and you can put a right. couple of thousand people in there. And then right. they've got but, a- but that that's a low ceiling. Yeah. Wide. Yeah. Room. Boy, good, good notice on this because just, I'm just saying I, I'm just, cause and Piedmont hall is an even smaller venue, which is sort of like a club where they can have some bands. And I think that's 800 or maybe a thousand folks. They put in that thing. Right. 
And then they've even got the little, if they could do the amp, there's an outside, you know, the amphitheater. I don't know if it'll be too cold or whatever, but you know, there's, there's a little amphitheater they could do as well. Yeah. But again, that's not 20,000. Not at all. And based on what I've seen the last few months, you know, he has avoided like the plague big places like, you know, the Greensboro Coliseum or the Staples Center or the United Center and, you know, where NBA teams play their games or, or, or major co- – he's avoided those places and yes, he, he will be in small – so yes, he has. I think you're right. I don't think he would dare go to the Greensboro Coliseum, the big room, and have, you know, 4,000 people show up because the, the video – the pictures Optics. of the empty seats would yeah. be, yeah. And, and Brett, we don't want to make Donald Trump look bad when he comes to our city. That's the last thing oh, we want. We don't no, want no. that. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the special event center. You'll know it's 100% uh, a loss for Donald John Trump if somehow they put him in Piedmont Hall. That will be the that will be the real, like, oh, my God. Or they put him in that, they stick him in that amphitheater. They stick him outside. So you're saying... You're saying the, the, the Piedmont amp is, is like 800? The the Piedmont Hall, yeah, it's like 800 or 1,000. Um, you know, they have some touring bands out there, but it's not like huge arena bands. This would be more like the club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, okay. yeah, to me, that's the, the big loss, which I think is going to feed into your other story about Trump's popularity here in just a moment and how he did in South Carolina and all that stuff. Yeah, Trump's, Trump strong, Trump weak. Take your choice here. That's that's what it is. So you either uh, buy into the this is uh, an unstoppable train. Oh, and it's been a while since I've seen those cartoons with his face on the front of a train. Yeah, Trump train. It's the so Trump fun. train. Yeah, so, it's hilarious. It's so strong. It's so so powerful. Whoa! <laughs> uh, because he's he's won these these primaries by you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 points, whatever the number is. And that's just proof that uh, this was inevitable the whole time. And why did anybody else even think to challenge him? And, oh, my God, he's, he's by acclamation. And then there's the other view, which is that in these primaries, he's never cracking 60%. And if you have forty uh, percent or more of the people who take the time to vote in the primaries, these are the hardcore types. Even if many of them may be uh, Democrats or independents, depending on the rules of the particular state that we're talking about. But if that many people are willing to step out and not vote for the, and I think it's fair to say the incumbent Republican. Not quite president, but 70% of all Republicans think that Donald Trump is still the president, correct? Yeah, Yeah. well, they refer to him as the president all the time. Right. And and by the way, if he is the president, then he can't be running because this would be running for a third term. But far be it for me to bring up little little things like that. Which is, is he still the president and therefore he can't run? Or is he uh, not the president? And you acknowledge that Joe Biden freely and fairly won the last election. And which so is he it? is therefore allowed to, which is it? Which come is on, it? people. How come they don't want to answer that question? 
Well, I, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with this is something. Um, particularly, he's as popular as South Carolina. Arguably, is it any state in the country? I mean, you can talk Texas, you can talk Alabama, you can whatever you want to do. I, I think he's, and the results that we saw in that primary were not like blow away crazy. He's still very popular, but there were a number of really super hardcore Republicans in the state of South Carolina that were kind of like not all that enthusiastic about him. And when he comes to North Carolina, when he, we just talked about that appearance, he's popular in North Carolina, but pound for pound, he's way less popular here than he is in South Carolina. Uh, of course, our state has a much greater population, so there's actually a lot more Trump heads here. But in terms of, again, concentrated per capita Trump mania, there's way more in South Carolina than here. And that was, again, not the blow away result that they're looking for. Well, the reason I bring it all up is, and I, I came up with this. I know you've never heard this before. This is you. Those who, those who forget history are possibly doomed to repeat it. That was mine. I came up with that in 1464. It's used over and over again. There wasn't even much in, history. Not, right. In 1992, George H.W. Bush was the incumbent president running for re-election. And he was being challenged all around the country by Pat Buchanan Yeah, at the time. Now, Everything isn't equal. History doesn't specifically repeat itself. And Pat Buchanan was running to the right of uh, George H.W. Bush. Mm -hmm. uh, Nikki Haley, she's not running ideologically against Donald Trump. She's just no. running to be there in case he keels over. <laughs> or goes to jail. Right. Either, either one of those goes things. To jail. Right, right. Uh, but... In the New Hampshire primary in 1992, the incumbent President Bush got 53% of the vote. Pat Buchanan got 38% of the vote, 15 points behind. There's that 15 points is a is an interesting number. And, and that was enough in its own way to help begin to mortally wound. George H. W. Bush agreed. Yeah, he, it, and then yeah, you know, Ross Perot was you know took a chunk of votes too, and that helped Bill Clinton win that that election. But here's my point. My point yeah. is that a truly strong incumbent president, and I'm willing to argue for political purposes that Donald Trump is running as an incumbent president, certainly to people in the Republican Party definitely to the MAGA heads. He is running right. as if he is trying to get reelected, not elected. Um, and his numbers, be they Iowa, be they New Hampshire, be they South Carolina, be they Nevada, are very George H.W. Bush-like yeah. to me. Uh, and I don't have the the dig down as to whether a lot of those Pat Buchanan votes might have come from Democrats or or independents because remember uh, New Hampshire has a lot of open very liberal rules on who can vote in the primaries but the point overall I think stands and 
we've talked about this ad nauseum for for years if the people who say and you know there have been various ways to ask the question if the people who say that they're not going to vote for trump under any circumstance yeah the republicans who say that some of them are voting for nikki haley right now in south carolina and many of them will vote for her next week in the super tuesday events and i think there's a michigan primary in the next day or so um is that enough is that enough erosion of support to make it virtually impossible for donald trump to win and we're not talking about what his margin is going to be in 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 completely red states like South Carolina or Texas. We don't care about those. We know what states matter. There's only about seven of them. We're in one of them. Um, If people sit on their hands and they sit home and don't want to have to look themselves in the mirror for the rest of their lives and say that they voted for the guy who campaigned on ending democracy in the United States. They don't want to say that they voted for the guy who stood behind a coup in 2021 to upend the election. If they sit home, because, of course, they couldn't possibly vote for Joe Biden, a Marxist socialist communist destroying America, worst president we've ever seen. If they sit home, Trump loses. But then you go, well, what about all the people who are pissed off that Joe Biden is even running. Why won't he step aside? Hi, I'm Ezra Klein. Hi, I'm David Axelrod. Hi, I'm Bob Costas. That's out there too. So when anybody says this is the most unpredictable weirdo election in history, they're not being untruthful. They're correct because we don't know how this is all going to play out. And, uh, If you want to compare the fact that Joe Biden runs up 90% margins in South Carolina among Democrats, and Trump can only muster whatever he did over the weekend, what was he, uh, in the the 60s? Right. Something like that. Um, Gee, that must mean that Joe Biden is more popular than, of course... Well, it that, it, do, it that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, but it does mean that the Democrats are way more unified and you have a different dynamic when you go back to 92 and you look at Buchanan, who was in charge of what we would call the social conservatives, the religious conservatives. And George H.W. Bush never had a lot of cachet with the, the social conservatives or the, the religious folks. He just did not. Um, and now those social conservatives, those crazy religious types, they've seen some victories thanks to a lot of Donald Trump's work, including those judges that helped overturn Roe versus Wade and now the war on IVF. But now you're seeing a lot of people that are like, I, I really don't think we should have made dropping a frozen embryo the same thing as killing someone. So you're seeing some Republicans who, who are, are kind of just off the reservation when it comes to, to, to that sort of stuff. I, I think it's a something. Of course, the narrative that you and I have talked about, about math, is something that's being discussed in the media? Is it being pushed forth as great as the narrative of the old doddering dementia-ridden senior citizen in the White House? No, it's not being because that's a much cuter, much easier narrative. You you find, uh, oh, did he trip? Oh my God, he tripped on the sidewalk. He nearly. Tri- oh my God, he forgot this person's name. Oh my, God. that that's way more fun. That's way more right. cute to deal with. Yeah, and 
I hate to sound optimistic, but I agree with you that in the end, that's not going to be the deciding factor because they really do cancel each other out in terms of, do you want um, the older Joe Biden who can't remember a name right? or do you want, do you want a, uh, a younger, strong Donald Trump, a vibrant Donald Trump, who of course is demonstrably way further down the road of whatever mental deterioration continuum you want to jump on. Well, think about, think about what you're saying. And and he's being, they're covering up for him, the mainstream media, they're covering up for him by both sides and everything that Trump does. That's right. That's that's the choice. The choice to for the mainstream media. And again, supposedly the liberal media is, well, you can either have the senior citizen who, who really can't remember names and is kind of slow or you can have the guy that tried to destroy democracy. And those are two equal competing things. Yes, yes, same, 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 same. <laughs> it's just like exactly. you can have this this Donald Trump guy that says, grab him by the pussy, and he hasn't ever paid a contractor in his entire, entire life, and he's dodged all sorts of taxes and everything else, or this woman who can't account for all of her emails. And those are, again, two completely competing ideas. Well, you're right. <laughs> And how many times does the same mistake? I know, have to be made. I know, but I, I, it's I share, being made I, right now. This will be the the rare moment where I share in your optimism. I think the South Carolina result and all of that. I think that is good news. I'm not, and again, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not saying, hey, it's over, game over. There's no, I don't think, uh, there's no way I would ever say that Donald Trump can't win, even if he's in jail, even if he is convicted and goes to prison. I'm not going to say he can't win, but this. It's something when you see the hardcore uh, Jesus loving uh, Republicans in South Carolina kind of have a little bit of a moment and during a primary, I mean, (laughs) that, that tells you something. Now I know that there's always the theory that when it comes time in November, they're going to fall in line. Uh, Democrats fall in love. Republicans fall in line. Is that, isn't that that the old saying? Isn't that what they say? Um, yeah, but Republicans fell in love with Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah, a long time ago. And so by the way, what's not to like? What's not to love? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to love, especially now that we have an actual record. But there's also what what the, what is happening in the mainstream media is that all of this avalanche of good economic news is penetrating. Whether it's the stock market, whether it's the low unemployment rate, whether it's GDP, all of that stuff is kind of counteracting the high inflation. Oh my God, have you seen what the price of eggs is? All of that shit is kind of so some some of that is getting through. And I think there are a number of people that are kind of looking around, at least the reasonable ones, the independent voters, those suburban women, they're kind of going, you know, honestly, that the economy's doing okay. I know we're struggling like a lot of people are, and we still have st- certain things going on, but still things are things are pretty all right i I think that's happening i don't know that that's happening so much because you have people screaming yeah beginning with trump talking about the the high inflation that has destroyed this country and is continuing to destroy this country and joe biden doesn't care about it and only i can fix it i mean that's that's what he's he he said that's what he's going to say when he's in Greensboro 
yeah. on Saturday. He just keeps repeating the lies over and over and over again. And God forbid you should ever bring up the fact that the United States, uh, compared to the rest of the developed world, is just kicking ass, taking names, yeah. and has a much lower inflation rate. Yeah. But to the unwashed morons of this country, of which you know they make up a large percentage of it, there should be no inflation rate. The price of everything I'm paying for now should be identical to what it has always been, I should or it should be lower. And anything else is Joe Biden's fault, and he doesn't care about me and my family if it is that way. I should pay a nickel for a Hershey bar like grand, great granddaddy did. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> I think there's prices. It, prices are not going to roll back instantly. No, no, it's it's not happening. Commodity based stuff moves up and down. We know that. Well, the problem, but, uh, the problem for the Biden administration right now, as far as the economics is, that certain things like the mortgage rates are very high right now. They they did not get. You know, the Fed has not indicated that they're willing to cut rates. We thought at the end of last year that maybe they would start kind of tapering it off. They're kind of like, nope, we're going to keep on keep on the gas or keep things steady right now because inflation is still a bit of an issue. So that's that's a very real problem. Housing in this country is a very real problem. The gap between affordability and reality has I don't know when it's ever been greater. Uh, you do have, you know, the, the, the American dream, whatever bullshit <laughs> that is uh, of owning your own home. It really is for a generation way out of reach. And it's not just people that are 22 or 23. It's also people that are 35. So that's, that's a huge, that's definitely a huge problem. It didn't start on January the 21st of 2021. Right. And the, the, the important reason to get Donald Trump in there is so, that all of these people who think for one second they're going to get any kind of a break on their student loans when Donald Trump gets in there, the king of paying debts, <laughs> the king of paying your bills, that's the end of that shit, right? <laughs> and and so this is about voting against your own economic interests and oh yeah, and no things of, of that no, sort, which we could do the whole the whole podcast about that. You know, there, there is a, a real element within the Republican party that loves Donald Trump. That is like, Oh fuck those privileged kids that went when their social justice warrior degrees that they got from whatever university, we're not going to forgive that shit. There's a certain amount of that, you know? Well, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a class, there's a race, there's a, Oh yeah. There's a degree of uh, oh, yeah. any kind of, of, uh, ethnic division that you can lay over almost any any subject that you want but this is about the love they have for donald trump because he hates the same people that i hate <laughs> and he's in a position to do something about it he can do something about it which he is can, like that that really was the whole donald trump campaign is we're going to declare war on the people that we hate whether they're brown, whether they're liberal, whether they're women. And after a while, that was fun, and they got a lot done. But then also after a while, it's well, kind of gotten old. Well, you may think it's gotten old, but if you saw him over the weekend just completely go off the rails and then off the rails, off the rails of the rails, and use, again, a Christian nationalist, non-very coded language like, when we get in there, day one will be judgment day for 
all of our enemies. What is the words judgment day? It's a religious, there's a religious connotation to that. That's right. And by the way, who better to say that than uh, our our most religious president ever, Donald J. Trump, a a devout, a devout Christian man who's, you know, know, when when he taught, when he taught Sunday school (laughs) every week, even while he was president, I thought that was I'm sorry, that was Jimmy fucking Carter. Um, yeah, uh, ever any did. Oh, by the way, I am still convinced Carter is going to outlive Trump. He's going to outlive him. Come Keep on, man, alive. Jimmy. I mean, even even, even yeah, if it's by three, even if it's by three minutes, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I I saw That's an article funny. the other day about hospice, and you know Jimmy Carter's been in hospice care for for over a year, and everybody's thinking, "Oh, that's the craziest yeah. thing ever." Apparently, that's not that uncommon. There are a lot of people no. who who uh, who survive. You know, this isn't a hello hospice. They come over and then you know you're dead three days later. That, that I think that's the impression. Of that is that the impression. Works, so. Yeah, that is but the impression uh, that a lot of people have. Yeah, uh, we didn't we didn't get an opportunity to take a swing at the uh, Alabama decision on eggs. If you'd like to take a hit on that one right now, um, well, the Chief Justice of Alabama, Cletus McFuckface. Okay, <laughs> Cletus did, did McFuckface. You see, do you see what his real name? Do you see what his real name is? The oh, guy is, it who made stu- is it something ridiculously southern? No, no. Uh, let's play a game. Who was Elvis's manager? Uh, well, it was, it was, uh, Tom, it was, uh, yes. I, I want to say uncle Colonel, Tom, Colonel, Colonel Tom. Tom, last Parker. name Parker. That's the name of the judge, the chief justice of Alabama, Tom Parker. And, uh, if you read parts of his decision, he used biblical language and he used the word and I, I don't have it in front of me. I should, I should, but I don't. But he used the fir- phrase, something to the effect of, this would be an effacement to God for any other decision to be made. And I thought, that's a strange word to use, effacement. effacement. Yeah. Because, of course, effacement relates to the cervix during birth. Yeah. Right? Nobody uses that outside of obstetricians obstetrics burping crazy ass <laughs> burping uh, babies crazy ass religion why did you why there. did you put it in your your decision there sir and, and to me uh, th- th- that was creepy right there but um it, this is one of these decisions you know, that's you see every politician on the right uh, suddenly deciding, oh. oh, this one's a little bit, uh, this is a little bit off the, the rails. And of course, half of that is, as we've always said, Republicans seem to only do the right thing when it has personally affected them or will personally affect them. And uh, just like during the arguments over Obamacare, where it was kind of stunning that every Republican loved health insurance companies. Yeah. They were the good guys. And apparently no Republican ever got sick and no Republican ever got fired from a job and had no health insurance. 
That's how they debated this against yeah. Obamacare. Remember That's that? correct. Yeah. And uh, this is just a this is just a fucking wart that grew on top of the decision to knock out Roe versus Wade because you knew there were going to be all kinds of things that they were going to go after after the uh, decision made two years ago to, to knock that out. And you knew that because they lied because they said this only applies right. to abortion. It doesn't mean we're going to go after gay marriage or in vitro fertilization or interracial marriage or birth control or any of those things. And of course, what that meant was, yes, we are going to go after these things. <laughs> and little, little did we know, well, actually we did know that that was a cue for somebody somewhere to start bringing actual cases yeah. about some of these issues. And, uh, you know, IVF is one of the great medical miracles mm. of our lifetime. It really, really is. It's been um, obviously a godsend for, for people to be able to have kids who otherwise might not be able to have them or for people. Um, if you get cancer, okay. Or, you know, you're getting cancer, you, you know, you, you save your eggs for down the line. You might not be able to have children later on. If you've had all these kinds of things, I mean, there's not one bad thing about IVF, not one bad thing about it. And for them to have concocted this idiotic theory that because when they harvest many eggs from a woman, that when one of them takes and you get an embryo and you get a child the other ones are discarded because you know you're not going to have 400 <laughs> you're not going to use 400 eggs that that's killing and that that little uh, uh, embryo is a baby already is the most absurd concept ever somebody made a great uh, point the other day um if an embryo fertilized you know, fertilized egg embryo and it's now grown a little bit splits what it happens you get twins yeah yeah and but it happens within the first 10 to 15 days at the outset when it's implanted that's when you get twins Can a baby split itself and become twins after it's born? No, that can't happen. That can't happen. But they're the same, Britt. Why can't that happen? What's wrong there? <laughs> and I know that's 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 a little stretchy, but the point's made. It's so crazy. It is. It it's is so funny crazy. to see some of the Republicans trying to run away from this thing. Uh, well, there's one Republican running away from it, of course, and it's Trump. All right. And this is this is the most galling, irritating thing about the Trump excusers, about the Trump people who will give him the space to be full of shit and have one foot on one side and one foot on the other side of offense on any given issue and not hold him to account. He runs around the country and he'll mention it when he's in our fair, fair city here over the weekend that he is fully responsible for 
knocking out Roe versus Wade. The, is it the Dodd decision? What the hell yeah. is I can't remember. Yeah. What, uh, because he appointed those three justices personally, single-handedly. And that opened the door to this stupid argument now over IVF, which comes out of, and thank you for living up to your stereotype as a backwoods shithole state, Alabama. Way to go. Uh, but Trump is responsible for that. He should be standing behind that. You don't get to pick and choose. It's not a menu. You started it. You started the fire. But he's going the other way. He's going the other way because he reads the polls. Stupid as he is, he's not that stupid. So he'll get away with it. He shouldn't be allowed to get away with it. No. He shouldn't because he's responsible for, for this. And he'll be responsible when the res- the Supreme Court, when they make their decision about um, abortion pills being sent from state to state or people being arrested for leaving their state to go to another state to get an abortion where it's still legal. And he'll be responsible for every one of these other issues, whether it's gay marriage or interracial marriage. They're all going to come up. They're all going to be lawsuits the state level that will wind their way up to the Supreme Court and doggone, well, we just need to weigh in on that. We really do. We need we need Clarence Thomas to impart wisdom on all of these issues and Samuel Alito. We we need them. So uh, let's see if the court reverts back to its traditional role of expanding the rights of Americans where it makes sense and doesn't violate the Constitution and uh, doesn't get fully into the business of rolling back rights that have made this the greatest open society. Oh, that's the name of George Soros's good open society. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry I said that. Um, in the history of the world. Uh, yeah, the IVF, and there's such a consensus. I think even the Alabama legislature, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure is made up of just all 75 year old used car dealers who are retired <laughs> millionaires. It's got to be all of them. Even they apparently are going to pass legislation to make IVF uh, again legal in um, Alabama, which would render the decision kind of. Mood, but the point is made. Boy, now I know why Nick Saban retired. I know why he wanted to get the hell out of that state. This is the most well. You, this, is, this is also where you know that Nikki Haley's not ready for prime time. But when, when they asked her about it, oh, she goes, How right. <laughs> yeah, she was for it before she was against it. Right? And then she figured out they had to do a cleanup interview where she kind of, okay, yeah, 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 I think I'm against the thing. And frozen eggs are not people. I think, I think that's what I think. I've been told that's what I think. And now, would you like to do uh, storming the court, Wake Forest style? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see the the game. I mean, I saw all the notifications on my phone that Wake Forest had, had beaten Duke in 
Winston-Salem. And uh, after the game, people ran on the court and they injured Duke's star player, Mr. Filipowski, right? Flip, we call him. Flip. And uh, he, for some crazy reason, is taking it personally. He even thinks it might have been on purpose. So, so you're, where, you, where is the where, where's the forgiveness? Where is the love? Where's so you're the going you're, you're you're going with um, calling bullshit on that part of it. Uh, uh, absolutely, it was That's a pure true. accident. No, sure. here's the thing. Okay, I went to college. You went to college. You went to sporting events. You yeah. still go to them. I still go to them. This is about here we go. I'm beyond the old man on the porch here. This is about personal responsibility. The dumbest thing I'm hearing right now is, you know, we're going to have to enforce the rules a little bit more at the end of these games. (laughs) There's nothing. Okay. There's nothing you can do when, you know, 5,000 people storm a court. That's just, they're, 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 you're going to start murdering, shooting people right there on the spot. You're going to shoot a gun up it's, in the it's, air. It's going to be 1968 Chicago Democratic National Convention. That's right. Gonna right. Be. You're going to you're going to bust some heads right there on the spot. Where is no, Daly when nothing, you need him? <laughs> right. Right. But nothing can stop this except your own brain, your own fear. I. No, Brent, I went to Ohio fucking state. You don't yeah. think they're not crazy ass there? No, they, they had some. They had some incidents with goalposts. I think somebody got killed there once. Jesus, with a goalpost getting yanked down. I, I, um, uh, I, I think you can have. I think you can have the opinion that Duke is overplaying this a little bit, and also the fact that it's happening too too often. I think you can have those, and I. My my suggestion, because I, I actually, for what it's worth, I sent out a thread before the game was over, and I said, they're going to storm the court, and it's not going to be pretty. I knew it was – I felt like it was going to happen. I didn't know someone was going to get hurt, but I felt like Duke was going to whine about it one way or the other, and I don't want anyone to get hurt. The re- the really disturbing incident did happen at Ohio State earlier this, this season when Caitlin Clark, the number one player in all of college basketball, was knocked down by a fan – as she was leaving the court, that could have been uh, a much worse incident than what happened um, Saturday in Winston-Salem. But I, I the, what I suggested was an announcement needs to be made that you have to, when the buzzer sounds, when the game is over, the opposing team gets 60 seconds to leave the court. At that point, that's when the game becomes officially final. If somebody comes on the court in that period of time, in that 60 seconds, it's a technical foul, and it's two shots and the ball on the side, and you put 10 seconds on the clock. Now, I know that's extreme. I don't know if it's workable, but I think that that may be a start to a discussion as to what might need to be done going forward. Hmm. Of course, you would have you had wolves in sheep clothing who would dress up as the home the, team and then storm the court. But if the margin of victory is four points, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, but it would at least give somebody an opportunity even if you beat somebody by 20 and they storm the court, you go, nope, clear it. We're going to do two shots in the ball on the side. I, I, it, it is happening. It is happening too often and people are getting hurt and it, there, there is going to have to be some sort of penalty other than I think in the SEC, they charge, it's like a certain amount of money. 
and the Big Ten has something. I don't think the ACC currently – and, of course, there's going to be a massive overreaction. Somebody's well, going to no, be penalized. First of all, don't you think – don't you think – and the video is, is pretty clear. It's pretty vivid. You can see who did this. Don't you think that person should be identified and prosecuted? Well, now that would be interesting. Wouldn't that do something? That's, that would, that's what would make the difference. Well, that would be interesting to see like a place like Wake Forest, you'd be able to identify them. And then that, if it's a student, you could either suspend them or expel them or something. That would be that would be some kind of draconian, but it would get the message out there. Sure. Well, you you, you got to do something. Yeah. You got to do something. And, and the difference between the Ohio State incident and the Duke incident is – yeah, at Ohio State, Caitlin Clark didn't get injured. At Duke or at Wake Forest, Filipowski did get injured. Allegedly. That shouldn't be that shouldn't be the deciding factor as to whether this is allowed to happen because um, yeah, ne- next thing you know, they're 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 turning over desks, they're shitting on the floor. Oh, I'm sorry, that's at the Capitol. <laughs> that's at the Capitol. They're becoming very, very pleasant tourists. Yeah, good tourists. They're yeah, they're just touring the floor. But I, you know, I, I, it's not right, um, and it is happening way too often. And there, there's going to have to be some sort of they're going to have to step and up. Brit- but why is that happening in Joe Biden's America? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's generational. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. Did you. this ever happen during the Trump era? Never, <laughs> not once. I, I, I don't know necessarily what the difference is between like when you were in school and when I was in school and now. I don't. I couldn't be able to tell you that, um, but people, you know, you, you, Brit, you don't Brit, want people. Brit, to here's hurt. a good one. Here's a good. One. You know, Brit, the kids were just letting off steam. <laughs> I think that was from what I saw on television. I think that was the first sellout they've had at Wake Forest home uh, court since been like seven years, and you know they they've not had a great run uh, post Tim Duncan. You no, know, you know it's perfectly understandable. You know, if they would have lit the building on fire, I would have understood. And they were happy. There's, a, You know, there's a few programs nationally. If you beat them, it's a big deal. It's Duke. It's Carolina. It's Kentucky. It's Kansas. We, you know, an excuse. Shut up. <laughs> don't, even, don't even go there. But I'm, I'm glad that there. you think that it is kind of being overplayed a little bit by the. And also, it, it, there is some irony in the fact that Duke, which has the most overbearing, obnoxious student section in the history of the world, is now bitching about fans going too far. There's a See, little but, bit but of if, irony there. But if, if you're making a uh, a difference between Ohio State and and Duke because of the injury, what if he would have been injured to the point where his career was ruined? That he would have sustained a oh, yeah. uh, a knee. And w- would that get everybody's attention? Oh yeah, because no, you're right. This was gonna this was gonna come and go because he's he's gonna be able to play. He's not gonna. Yeah. I don't think this we don't, we don't have, yeah. They were waiting for for a, a, a decision Monday afternoon on his actual condition, but uh, they're and I, and Duke's gonna use it. They, they're playing Carolina. Uh, I think a week from Saturday. So if if they don't win, they'll they'll say that's the excuse. Uh, <laughs> Filipowski. But no, if he would have gotten a leg broken or something, and he could have, he could have been seriously hurt. It's it, it's honestly, it's pretty fortunate that that was the extent of it. To be completely honest with you, with that that many people rushing, it could have been very very bad. Now, did did John Shire look like a crying baby on an episode of uh, Honey Boo Boo, trying to circle the wagons to protect him? Yeah, he he kind of did. The coach of Duke, but you know. That's his meal ticket, and I understand he's got to stick up for his guys. And then, 
He's got to cry at the press conference afterwards. When are we going to do something? When are we going to do something? Where's the justice? 